Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Saadi Nothing But Facts live stream in which we are today talking about marriage. The right way to find the right one is the title of, or the proper way to get married is the title of the episode. And we're talking today about Mawadda because Mawadda is an organization that I think they do things the right way. Uh, in that they try to connect people by examining or looking at their files or looking at their profiles and trying to see who matches with who and then they connect each other uh, to one another so they'll basically take your permission first say this is a match right do you have permission that we put you in touch okay and then if you give that permission then mashallah harun sada has joined uh if i wish he could come and hang out with us uh if you uh if you give that permission, then they'll connect you to. Now, this episode or this um, uh, segment of our, of, our, of our live stream today is about, well, what do I do after I've, been, um, after I've been connected? If I've been connected, now what do I do? And here we have to talk about all right, three stages that I feel are extremely important for everyone to understand and to think about. The first stage is vision. Right? So when you meet somebody for the, for, for the first time and someone tells you, this is a match, okay? Now we're going to talk about the content first. We're going to talk about the methods later, all right? We'll talk about the methods, methods of meeting later. The first thing you need to talk about is vision of life. So do you and this other person have the same beliefs about life and deen, beliefs, how to live? These major things. These major things, I would say, are um, these major things. I would say, are they've got to be like they can't be more than ten. These are the non-negotiables. These are also the things that you would divorce over, right? For example, I mean, we're we're we're, we're Muslim. Someone said, "Oh, well, my left Islam," or "I'm not doing this anymore." Or, of course, no one does that. But you go slowly. People do slowly drop off. They slowly drop off, right? And that's a big test. But hypothetically, but that's your, your non-negotiables of life. Do you believe the same things? Do you, for example, want to live in the same country, right? Town and state is negotiable, but at least the same continent, the same, oh, I want to make hijra. I want to live in Malaysia. No, I want to stay here in, uh, in, in Delaware. Uh, it's going to be, it's, you're, you're, these are non-negotiables, right? These are things that, Oh, they're not compatible at all. So this is the first thing is to talk about the vision. And people should talk about, well, what is, how do you live your life? Right? What is your understanding of right and wrong? Where do you derive it from? What's your methodology of learning that something's right or something's wrong? Right? Um, when we have kids, how are we going to raise them? Up on what are we going to raise them? What's going to be the source of our right and wrong? What do we believe about the purpose of life? So these are, these are all the most important things, and you should not talk about anything else. That first initial meeting between people uh, should not be about anything else, all right? Just what, what I like to call vision, vision of life and afterlife, right? That's all it should be. Second thing that needs to happen, if that goes well, okay, we're both on the same page in what we believe about Allah and about, about Dean and about life, and essentially the fundamentals of life, like I want to raise my kids upon this, and I want to raise my kids here or there, etc. 
So the second thing is now the, 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 the method or the mission. So when you look at an organization, there's a vision statement, is the long range, the beliefs of the organization, the purpose of the organization. Then the mission statement is like, all right, how are we going to get this done? So the mission statement may be, well, uh, four years medical school first. That'd be like, that's how I'm going to execute my vision. My vision of life requires me to be a doctor. All right, that four years of medical school. Now we're talking, well, oh, I might not want to be down with that. I might not wait around for that, right? Or it may be your mission statement, your mission may be, well, we're going to, um, I need, I'm going to study first. I'm going to take two years abroad of study. I'm going to live here. We agree with that. That's the vision, but I'm going to study two years abroad first. I'll tell you where things just get lost is when these things are all out of order. Okay. So when you're having that first initial meeting, there's no point to go any further than the vision. And once that's done, now how do we plan to execute this, this way of life? All right. And there you talk about, well, okay, how do we want to school the kids? We want to have kids. How do we want to school them? Like, we already know what we believe they should end up as, right? But now how do we get there? See, all this, this is where there, should, there has to be negotiation and there has to be flexibility in mission. Like, how are we planning to do this? There has to be flexibility with this and there has to be an ability to negotiate. And you may not get every single thing that you want in the mission, okay, in, 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 your, in this second phase of things, which is how do we execute this vision of life? And now, once you come to an agreement, say, let's say, okay, listen, I want to study two years before I start regular life. She says, oh, I really wanted to start regular life now. All right, fine. How's this? Um, we'll cut it down to one year, and then the next, sum- the next two summers will go. So you made a deal. You make deals. And the way to make a deal is never to argue over one thing. You got to put five things on the table, right? If you're arguing over what, no, why is that? If you're arguing over one thing, there has to be a loser, right? If it's like a tug of war, are we going to do this? Yes or no? That, that means there has to be a loser in this. So you want to eliminate that. No one wants to feel like, like they've lost something. So what you do is you put, okay, well, well you also want four, three things. I want these three things. If I'm going to give up half of this, then maybe I wasn't really comfortable with a portion of that. So you end up with a package. Everyone ends up with a package that they're satisfied with. That's the right way to make a negotiation in anything. Now, you don't ever argue over one thing. So, for example, in business, they're arguing over the price. They have to bring in a second or third factor to bring it in so that even whatever, wherever we go on the price, someone's going to get something extra so that they don't feel like they've lost something. And that's how you negotiate that second phase of things where it's how are we going to execute this? We believe in the same thing. Uh, we we want to live... Essentially, that's this type of life. How do we do it is all up for negotiation. I call this like the, the mission, all right, or the methods of execution of this vision statement. Now, the third thing, all right, the third thing that happens. Now, once you agree on these two, you get engaged. That's it. What else do you need? Okay? And you start talking about the, the, the last phase is the details. It's, it's not tying the knot. It's not marriage right away, but it's engagement. Now, I'll tell you why. I believe that engagement is something important because when you talk about this last thing is like now we're talking about the, the, the fine details. So when, right? When would this marriage actually take place? 
Okay, now we're talking about the immediate details. While I'm graduating, uh, I got an internship, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. You talk the details, and then you set a plan for when the marriage takes place. And the first thing is you set is an engagement. Now, is an engagement, some people have this misnomer that it's not allowed in Islam. Well, that's not true. That's not the case, right? Uh, if it's not allowed in Islam, how did say not, how does uh, the Prophet ﷺ spoke about that you do not do chitzba upon the chitzba of achik? That means when two people are very close to marriage to the point that uh, they have agreed to marry, but they're not married yet. No one just says, okay, let's agree to marry and then marry right away. There has to be a lag time, right? Like, we agree to marry. Okay, when are we going to actually get married? That's engagement. So you've agreed to marry. So now nobody can come in. It's haram for someone to swoop in, even when they're getting close in, in their talks. It's haram for somebody to swoop in, okay, and, 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 and steal the wife. So this um, issue of engagement also occurred with Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidina Fatima. So there was talk about marriage, and then they were engaged for about a year until the marriage actually occurred afterwards. So it's precedented and it's permitted. Engagement is precedented and permitted. And all it is, is an agreement that we will marry at a later date. And that way that removes her from receiving other proposals. Okay. So now, um, when you agree on an engagement, we now ask what is the function of this engagement and what do people do? Well, by the Sharia, nothing changes in an engagement. When, people, when two people get engaged... They, um, they're, they're still, there's, there's nothing different about them in the Sharia. So they still can't be alone with each other or be touching each other. So the function of this engagement is now you start having more meetings with the families, maybe even some extended families, and you have multiple meetings. And layers of the onion start coming off. Now you start to get a very good idea of what this family is like. Most people marry into families, right? You, very rarely is someone just by himself. You're always connected with people. Right? No one comes out of nowhere. So you start getting to know those, the extra connections. Maybe in the beginning, you're only getting to know the families. Right? Family, by the way, getting to know the family is also part of certain your vision and your mission in the sense that there may be a non-negotiable with the family. Like, I'm not going to marry someone whose dad is an avid devil worshiper. Right? Or an avowed you know, Satanist. I don't care what he is. I'm not getting involved with that family. Period. Discussion over. If I get, if I uh, may meet the perfect person, but I realize that their mom um, has a gin and she whoops and whelps, this is over. It's done with, right? I don't care who you are. There, there's non-negotiables. There's certain things I don't get involved in my life with. Okay, may Allah protect us from all that stuff. But that's the idea. That the the, the idea of the, the essential family, the mom, dad maybe even brother and sister, okay, is part of each of these discussions. And so the engagement, you start peeling off the onions by having family visits, group visits, more visits. So one of the functions of this, and it's not to be pessimistic, is that people always hide stuff. People hide stuff. Everyone hides something. Nobody's, nobody's uh, you know, uh, perfect. And we should be hiding our sins. But sometimes... Maybe a temper will come out. Stinginess will come out. And something could grow. If an engagement is nine months, let's say, it can grow. 
like equality, like he, he was at the restaurant, he's like looking at the bill, right? Um, then he's like asking me to split it. Then the next time around, we were going to order, we ordered a rack of lamb and he got upset because it's expensive. And every time we talk, look at something, $45. And it, what do you, the stinginess, right? Comes out. It comes out in social gatherings when you keep meeting. And it's not just stinginess, it's other things, right? Other things about their past may have just pop out, right? A lot, you give time for Allah to reveal things. And that's really what happens. Just by having regular meetings, your family goes to visit them, their family goes to visit you, right? You go out to eat, okay? And you start discovering things about each other. Nine months, you can't fake nine months, right? Your truth will come out eventually. And that's the function and purpose of an engagement, okay? Let's take a look at what some of the other uh, pointers here that we wanted to discuss, um, but this, this three-part, now, here, okay. If we've, if we've covered the three parts, the three phases that will go from strangers to marriage. So the first phase is that immediate attraction and, and, and general ballpark. There's an attraction and we're in the general ballpark. Second phase is the vision. Do we view life and existence in the same way? That's, the, that's really the first meeting. Second meeting, or second series of meetings, is the, the mission. How are we going to execute this life that we want to live? Third one is the final details and getting engaged. In the engagement, that's where you start working on the, um, on the wedding. Where are we going to get married? What's the, what's the price? What's the, you know, what, is, what's, what are our finances going to look like for the first year of marriage? Um, how much is this going to cost? Who are we inviting? All that stuff. You do that while you're engaged. Okay. Now, the next segment, you put a line there because that's all content and theory. Now we talk about physically, how do you do this? Physically, how you do this? Well, Mawadda is offering you a service of that first domino that you and this other person are in the same ballpark. Once permission is given for the files to share, you also see their pictures. And I, I think in Wadi, you should probably send more than one picture, right? I don't know if there's the option of that in the application, but you, you probably should because um, people need to see, you know, what different, you need to see different angles. You're going to send you your best picture that you touched up on all your, your, your apps, and then the guy realizes, oh, okay, I got skimmed. So you have to be honest with these things. So ballpark... And basic attraction is in that first... That's what Mawadda is doing for you. Now, now once Mawadda does that for you, the next thing that you do when you interact, I'll tell you what not to do. What you don't want to do is get very close with the person and start messaging and start talking about absolutely insignificant things and you're just falling in love. When you haven't even discussed the major things yet and brought in what... um, what they call you know, the, 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 the stakeholders. There are stakeholders in every marriage. In most cases, someone was asking about a convert. Even amongst converts, you think that their parent, parent family doesn't care about them? I mean, Ryan, you're a convert. You're, you can't just go get married. You've got to tell your mom and dad, right? I mean, they're going to be involved to a degree. They may be involved to this degree, and other cultural their parents will be involved to this degree, right? So 
they're going to be involved in some way, shape, and form. So the stakeholders have to be involved. Okay? So there's no point in going head over heels with somebody and the stakeholders that in your family, they, they don't agree with this in the first place. All right? You're bringing us someone from another culture and we can't take this. I'm too old for this. Uh, bring me someone at least from our region of the world. Your parent may say that, right? So that's all part of the vision. So the first thing that you want to do is have these broad meetings and you don't want to start messaging each other and start falling in love and start talking about, you know, uh, like peripheral things, right? I remember one time I went to a, a, a meeting in Connecticut. Now, Connecticut is a mis- it's, it's, it's pretty miskin, right? <laughs> you don't ever want to live in Connecticut. The only reason you'd go there is, I don't know, you got accepted at Yale or something, right? Uh, but when I was in Connecticut in Meriden, there was a meeting. And that meeting had was for, to start the first masjid of the town. The town of Meriden did not have a mosque. They needed to start a mosque. So they we're at the meeting. And I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. It's just regular people. About seven people showed up. One guy was a CEO. Me and like five other guys. I'm telling you, by the end of the meeting, you know what we were discussing? We were discussing whether or not in, our, in the Islamic school that we have, we're going to be busing people and which bus service will we use and how many routes. Like we, we don't even have the masjid yet, right? It's like, how did we go so far to some detail that's not even going to happen in any time soon, right? So nothing was discussed about, well, what is the purpose of this masjid? Is it going to have a set aqidah? Is it going to have a set message? What is the, what is the purpose of this thing? None of that was discussed. We went straight to, well, we have a masjid, then we're going to build an Islamic school. Are we, okay, are we going to bust the kids? And I'm telling not kidding you. A debate broke out whether we're going to bust the kids or parents have to bring their kids. We don't even have a masjid, let alone the school, right? So this, there was a CEO there. He was shaking his head. This is a joke, right? So I'll, I'll tell you what many people do. They start chit-chatting about the little peripheral cute things of life and they fall in love with each other. You haven't even discussed the vision yet, right? You haven't discussed the vision. So do not go that route of just messaging, being cute with each other, and then either falling in love or being awkward. Because a lot of people, through text or email, things get awkward quick. I would say your first step is to get out of the digital and into the flesh. Meaning, you start, you arrange a meeting. Like if you're both compatible, you see that you both have an attraction and a ballpark compatibility, why not meet? Now, the meeting should be not alone, and it should be involved some of the stakeholders. Like, for example, he comes with his mom and visits you and your mom, right? Or him and his mom and dad, they come and visit you, all right, uh, uh, with your mom and your family, whatever it is. Get, get out. So the first thing I would say, get out of the digital. Get into the flesh, right? Get into the flesh right away. So um, that's what I would... That's, that, that would be my first piece of advice on that type of interaction. Because once you get into digitally communicating, the amount of, the percent error that you can create is so high. Like the, the chances of a mistake, of a misunderstanding happening becomes very high, right? And I think we've all had, ex, uh, had experience of like just someone not answering. And I think we all have experience where we're just so tired and we can't answer, Right? Like, there can be times where I'm looking at a text, and here's a message for all my friends and anyone who messages me here, right? 
I'll tell you the amount of times that I see a message that I, w- I wish I could answer, but I'm just going to die right now. My eyes are going to fall out from screen time. I have to sleep, right? And I see the person. And they wake up the next day, okay? And that message has been pushed down, right? It's been pushed down. I didn't even see it. I didn't see that they messaged again or something like that. And you just, emergencies happen, things happen, you totally forget. So the amount of accidental misunderstandings in the digital so if you, uh, is, is so high. So my advice to you is, if Mawadda matches you up, get out of the digital as soon as possible and get in the flesh and bring the stakeholders and talk vision only. Now, if someone is not mature enough to do that, they're not mature enough to be a husband or a wife, right? If you're not mature enough, you're not really ready. If you're not mature enough to say, okay, well, guess what? Well, uh, let's just, and by the way, it doesn't have to be just a one-on-one. It could be something a little bit looser than that. It could be like three families are there, four families are there. A bunch of people are there. And it's not like, okay, let's sit down and talk. How do you want to live your life? No, it could just be a feeler, right? It could be a little bit of an extension. Let's say an extension. You filed for an extension on the ballpark attraction phase of things, right? That, that uh, precondition. I, that's a precondition, right? The ballpark attraction phase of things. Are we in the ba- same ballpark and do we have any attraction? That part of things, you can extend it with a f- face-to-face. So another thing is that there are gatherings in Masajid. Is your family going? Yes, my family's going. We can meet there, and you just you go with, with somebody, and you she's with somebody, and you just exchange paths. So you physically see one another, you physically chit-chat with the parents, and you've extended the attraction or ballpark phase of things. Right, am I, is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a very soft touch. I, I personally don't understand how people dive into marriage. I think it's easier said than done, though. Yeah. Like to, you know, invite three families to your house. It just seems like it's, on paper, it sounds <laughs> realistic, but like it's well, hard to execute. <laughs> well, what if we say, for example, let's say, um, hypothetically, there's a guy who wants to get married, and Moedda tells him, hey, you match up with this sister. Oh, where's this sister from? Oh, okay, she's from Connecticut. I say, all right, in the Lower but fine. If she's good enough, then we'll go up there. Then who do I know somewhere in the middle, right? Or somewhere that can invite us both, right? And there could be a couple people there. And it's not that I'm going to see her. No, it's an invitation. She'll just happen to be there, right? It doesn't have to be something complex. It doesn't have to be like a lamb is cooked. No, just like <laughs> coffee and tea, right? Coffee and tea. You go in, you bring a cheesecake. She brings a... Uh, a chocolate cake, and everyone chit-chats and eats, and you hap- she happens to be there, right? And you see if what Mawadda produced for you was something that is, is, is worth your while, okay? So it seems, okay, traveling light, I don't know if this is a girl or, or a guy, but I think she's a girl. She says, girls don't just want to meet guys for just because they seem like a good potential. Keep going, scroll. Oh, it's a long discussion. It's a narrative, okay. All right, well, I'm, I'm sharing you my perspective on how things go and how things should go, okay? All right, when you say speak about vision and not other things, can you give example? Dean, right? Dean, matters of Dean. Uh, where you want to live? What kind of family is it? Culture. What kind of culture do you see yourself living? Um, 
what fields do you want to live in? Do, do you want to work? Do, do you do live? Do you work it? For example, maybe someone doesn't want to marry a surgeon. Maybe someone doesn't want to marry. Um, I don't know what. Like, generally, I don't want to marry someone with a small income. Let's say, yeah. Like I was poor growing up. I don't want to marry someone who's um, a very moralistic sixth grade teacher, right? Because he's not going to make a lot of money. But he has morals. He's a great, great guy. But he wants to teach sixth grade. No. I was poor growing up, hypothetically, so I don't want to go there again. I don't want to go in the life of poverty. Give me someone who's like an engineer, a lawyer, an accountant. So that's what I'm saying. Base, the, the main, most, most important things, I don't want to be poor again. I don't want to be uh, from some bizarre sect. I don't want to make hijra out of the United States. Basic things like that. That's the vision. So you can extend in the flesh. We're back in this issue of the first thing I think you should do is get out of the digital and into the flesh to extend that period and confirm that we are have attraction and we are ballpark, right? Uh, uh, that uh, of a match. Once that's confirmed, now in that very soft setting, which not much has to be said, just check out their personality, little discussions. Then you go into the discussion on the vision. Now, physically, how do you do that? The way that a lot of people do it is that maybe let's say the families can have a dinner, and then afterwards, you go and maybe sit off to another room, in another room, you and her, and maybe if people swing by, bring tea, so that you're not closed off. This is how they do it all over the world, right? Okay, even Sheikh um, um, Abdul Hamid al-Mubarak, he says this is how they do it in Saudi. The families go visit each other, you all have dinner, so you're all getting to see each other, okay? Seeing your chemistry that you all have. Then the two go off to a side area where they're within earshot. They're definitely, there's no closed door there. And they talk. But you got to know what you're going to talk about. That's where you talk about the vision. Okay? The vision really should not take a long time. Like if I ask you, what does Apple do? Apple's a tech company, right? Google is tech and, and marketing, advertising. That's what they are, right? Like it's, the vision should not take a long time. Attraction also really should not take a long time. But there is no set limit on how many meanings you need to have for these. One, two, three, same thing. Vision, maybe one, two, three. But eventually, then you have to move on. And, but this is the way you meet. Next time, she, her family is going to come to your house, right? And do the same thing. And you're going to keep doing that back and forth, right? Until the vision and the mission are done with. Now, the details you arrange the details, and that's you know one of the going to be the happiest day for you, right? Because halas, we've we've we 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 have good chemistry, we believe in the same things, and the way in which we want to execute this is we've we've agreed, right? That we're going to do this. For example, someone says, "I want to go study abroad." We both want to live in America, but I want to study abroad. Okay, fine. How many years limit? Uh, three year limit, and then promise me we come back here. Halas, we have a deal, right? There's a deal. So you, the, the middle one, that mission, it's all negotiations. Then finally, once you get engaged, remember the engagement doesn't change anything, but now you're planning the actual details, all right, of how the marriage is going to go. <clears throat> all right, let's uh, open up this form here. There is a form. Maybe people want to put in their questions privately. All right, read it off to me, please. All right. If someone doesn't want to meet 
sometimes they can see from the conversation online that this person isn't serious yet. Maybe they're trying to figure them out until they meet. Girls don't just want to meet guys for just because they seem like a good potential. How many people are you going to meet? Like, um, there are a lot of comments and questions in, in that. So that's why I say getting out of the digital, that's the first question if this person is serious, right? Because if this person put a, like, a picture of them that was not authentic, like their best, absolute best picture where you look like totally someone totally different, right? He's not going to want to meet in person. I'm telling you, the moment you take it out of the digital and into the flesh, you eliminate all that silliness and all those people who are frauds and fakes, they're not going to want to do that. They're not going to want to go there. Okay. And, and also, I think it was within uh, this message, maybe they're trying to figure them out until they meet. But like we were just talking before the stream, like trying to read someone through a text is like, No, don't go like there. It's a disaster. It's a total disaster. And I'll tell you what else is um, that extension, that the extension of are they ballpark, are they in the ballpark and of attractiveness and, uh, and, and compatibility. Just showing up in the same building, being in the same building, crossing paths, exchanging two, three words, right? That's like enough sometimes, right? Just to see, are we even in the same ballpark here, Right? But once you are, and now you're both, you both know that you're both thinking about this, then you really should organize a proper meeting, right? With the stakeholders, right? I, it's always suspicious when someone is a, a lone person. There's no human being that's a lone person. You gotta have, like, okay, so you gotta have someone in your life. And it's always more comforting when someone comes with stakeholders. Like, like a lot of times in the community, when we, when we deal with the community, one of the biggest things is if somebody's like around and hanging around the community, but they have, there's no reference to this person. Hey, does anyone know their dad? Does anyone know their mom? Does anyone know their sister? What are you, like an FBI spy or something? Right? Like there's got to be someone in your life. People who are not serious, they will not bring their stakeholders. Right? Or there's some issue with them in the past or skeletons in the past. Because we're not talking about a generation of immigrants. Oh, yeah, my, my, my mom says hello, right, from Pakistan or from Egypt. No, that's, uh, we don't have that anymore. Like, we have that, of course. But the, what we're talking about here is mostly second-generation Muslims whose parents live here. So if that person's serious, he's going to show you about his life, tell you about his life, show you his, his family. So I think that, that it's so important that um, that aspect of the family or the, the stakeholders or the friends... Even guys who truly don't have anybody, they bring their imam, they bring their friend, they bring an older mentor type of person or, or just a friend, right? And then they always have an explanation. You didn't sprout from a tree, right? You got to have some roots somewhere. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't really trust somebody with no roots. I'm not even saying what kind of roots. Like, no roots. How do you not have roots? Like, you got to have some... Your sheds. You're just a, a narration that came out of nowhere, right? And we can't trust you because if things go bad, where, where do we go? Where does, where does a poor girl go if things go bad? It could be an opposite too, right? All right, what else we got? How do you handle a difficult child who is selfish and verbally abusive? 
to the point where the parent wants to disown the child who is 18 years old. It's kind of irrelevant. But. It's not relevant, but uh, 18 years old, if it's a boy, send him out to work and live on his own. Getting families to be open enough to meet. That's why I said that's part of the vision, right? Now, you can have a traditional Egyptian family. They will, they'll, they, they'll maybe accept some other Arab culture, right? Don't go bring them someone so far away. You should know what are the non-negotiables. And someone who then comes and tells you, hey, listen, I really like to get along, but my parents just, uh, they've always told me, don't bring anyone but a Palestinian in the house. Then why are you stringing her along, right? You strung her along, and that's why the order of this thing, this thing has to be done logically. You keep stringing these people along, and then telling them something you knew all along that this is not possible, right? So that's where your mawadda application has to be really honest. It has to be really honest and very, very specific. Very specific and very honest. Otherwise, you string people along, and then people get scarred, and they get feel like all these guys are a waste of time, right? Because as soon as something, the, 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 this thing gets serious, he's got some excuse, Right? So you don't want to go that route. Ibrahim is uh, looking for you to tell him how to know he's attracted to somebody. How do I know if I'm attracted to somebody? How do you know that food tastes good? How do you know that a shirt looks nice? How do you know that a house is the one that you want? A car is the one that you want? That's the physical attraction. The other attraction is going to be by, by um, uh, a meeting, personality. And that's why these meetings are important. It's not the old days where people almost are like, maybe they didn't care about these things. I don't know, maybe they did. Who knows? But um, we should have, we should have, uh, you should have multiple meetings to see what kind of person this is. And that's why I'm saying, when you bring someone in, that you bring somebody into the picture that is in a social setting, that extension of the ballpark and attraction phase, right? And you see them in the social setting. You hear what they're talking about. You hear the conversation. It gives you an idea of whether or not this person's personality is, is even something I'd even be interested. Today's questions are all about marriage. And there's a Google form. Okay, let me get access to this Google form. And let me get into the Google form because there are some private questions. So here we go. Let's open up the Google form, and these are all Mawadda questions. Mm. No one gets everything they're looking for. What are some things to compromise in and things not to settle? Don't compromise on, of course you're not going to compromise on Dean, and you're not going to compromise on ways of raising your children. Okay, Those are two things you're not going to compromise on. Keep going. Okay. So somebody's interested in a uh, practicing physician, but they have an issue with her touching male patients. Um, Is this allowed? Well, firstly, it's not a non-negotiable. That's not a non-negotiable. 
these things are always changing. People are wearing gloves. People change jobs. People, I mean, I've, I don't think that that's, a, that, that is a discussion, that's for sure, right? There's no doubt that it's a discussion, but it's not a non-negotiable, trust me. Like, that's not the first thing that you're going to bring up. See, you need to be told by experience, what is a negotiable, what's non-negotiable? right? She's not going to work touching patients all day. But you think these patients are good-looking people. This is not the ER over here, right? This is not ER, right? Where, I don't know what the ER is from my day. Hospital filled with models, right? (laughs) George Clooney and all these people, right? So you go to a buzzing hospital like this, hey, where are the good-looking people? No one's here, right? It's not like the show's. So that's why I'm telling you, you, you may have a 100% a point that you don't want her touching guys. But just um, have an idea that when they do, they, they're not really, the touching is very minimal even when it does take place, right? And it all goes about which, what kind of physician they are, right? And, um, you know, what kind of physician are they? Yeah. And what is the degree of this, you know? Does that make sense? Read that to me. We have uh, Badal Rana. Patients are gross, man. I love to trust a brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, oh, so, so, wait a second. He's, he's affirming what you said. Wait, is, is, the I guy is saying my wife is a doctor, right? Or this woman's a doctor. Maybe he's a doctor. No, no, I'll tell you what's off the table. A male gynecologist. Off the uh, table completely. If that's what he's talking about, or she's talking about, yeah, I'm with you. Male gynecologist you have no you have problems right why did you go in this phase and what are you looking at all day long yeah so she's right about that when it comes to that if it's a male gynecologist if we're talking about a female pediatrician um you know different okay keep going while i pull up i'm trying to pull up this thing for some reason i is it haram for a third person to intrude in engagement if the couple's marriage is being forced upon, is engagement part of Islam? Is there any evidence? Is there they need a delir? What the Prophet said, if two people are close in a business deal, in a marriage, in any negotiation, the third person may not come in. If they're close. Close, who determines close now, Right? It's something that you know it when you see it, type of thing, where you know it when you see it, that these people are, they keep talking. We all know they're talking. Everyone knows they're talking. Now, are you telling me that she ran to you and said, no, I'm being forced into this marriage, right? Uh, That's something far off, I think, in my, Allah Adam, but um, that's that's a special case. Am I, am I, I might be like thinking about the wrong thing, but on Sunday at MCGP, didn't Sheikh Yasser Fahmi like begin his talk by saying, who here knows how many times the Prophet was engaged? Is that what he said? He did. And he said 30 times. 30 times. Yeah. SubhanAllah. 30 times. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're asking for the delil of getting engaged? <laughs> oh, that. Okay. I thought the, the, the delil that you can't, well, the Prophet himself says, you don't try to get engaged on an engagement that he's already in, right? So that, that there wouldn't be such a hadith if that wasn't the case. Next question while I pull this up. 
If someone is missing a parent, are they capable of doing the father's job in the marriage process, or should I try to seek help from another male relative? If someone is so, this question is about wilaya, right? If a sister doesn't have a father, then it goes to let's say her 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 father's brother, or her older brother, like her uncle, her brother, or her grandparents. It goes up uh, the father's into the father's family, the next closest father. Next question. Is a guy's height something to compromise on or not? It feels shallow, but... It's not shallow at all. Yeah. No. It's, it, that is something that it's totally, um, you know, one of those things that could be a non-negotiable. It's not shallow at all. I'm still trying to pull up this thing. Jeep. Okay. Yes. What if someone's trying to get, a no, get to know a convert? Can you give some advice on how... You would ask about her if no one knows her. Nobody knows her. Um, well, that's a tough question. We're gonna you're, you're gonna have to find a, some. There's got to be somebody that she knows, right? And you. There's got to be some associates that she has. Like, 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 how did you meet her, first of all, right? Um, let's say I saw her in the masjid. Okay, well, there are other women in the masjid, right? Did you see her walking out with somebody? You get to know them through that. Now, if it's something digital, then good luck with that, to be honest with you. Oh, I met a beautiful convert from the internet. If she, we'll talk to her then. Have someone talk to her. Have another sister talk to her. Have another sister say, hey, listen, uh, uh, there's somebody who's interested in you. That's an option, right? And see where see where she goes with that. Okay. Subhanallah. Go. Um, exposing body or disclosing body insecurities to someone that you're trying to get to know from marriage. Um, out of fear that, like, after marriage happens, that it will be uh, displeasing. Not yet, though. That You do that maybe in the middle of the discussions. You don't do that right away. Like, let's say somebody's got, like, a very bad something bad on their body, right? Is that what they're talking about? Like, I got, like, a bad um, scrape or something that doesn't look nice or something like that. To the degree that it would affect a marriage, you would bring it either forward or backwards. So, for example, if it's major, right? If it's major, you have to bring it forward. If it's minor, you bring it backwards. The only thing that is really a game changer is that that the act, the sexual act itself, cannot be fulfilled. That's what's that's the game changer in terms of the Sharia itself. But other less than that is relative, right? Like, for example, I have a toe that looks terrible, hypothetically. When do I tell this person that? No, that's you can have advisors help you gauge what's the level of this. What's that? Eczema. Eczema. How much eczema? There could be eczema as like 50% of the body. 
There can be eczema that's like a small amount. There is also your hands and your face, everyone sees, right? So we can see that at least it doesn't affect that. All these things can be, you'd have to gauge it and eventually bring it up. Here are questions from the forum. How do you even meet someone? Well, this is the purpose of Mawadda. That's one of the purposes. But the other way in how do you physically meet somebody is through masajid. That's one of the purposes. Or through any Islamic event. One of the purposes of these events is brings people who have the same beliefs together. Is it Islamically okay for a sister to remain single for the rest of her life after being divorced from an abusive marriage? It is permissive, permissible so long as she understands that that's just her choice, personal choice, rather than a religious belief. That it's better religiously. That this is a, a superior path, spiritual path. That is that belief is a bid'ah, but otherwise it's fine. You don't. No one's uh, marriage is not an obligation upon you. Belief that it's better than being single, in general, is an obligation because that's the way of the Prophet peace be upon. What are some permissible ways to court in today's age? Okay, good question. So that's what I'm saying. That we've. I think we mentioned that in terms of the courtship element is the the, the visits back and forth. But these visits back and forth, remember this, the phases of things. The first phase is, are we even ballpark and have any attraction? The second is discussion of the vision. The third is discussion of the mission, which is how do we plan to execute. So I would say, by see after we, we see that ballpark, attractiveness, compatibility is there, there has to be an explicit statement somewhere that I would like to, you know, maybe we can get to meet to see if there's any potential for marriage here. Like, that's got to come out eventually. And then you just have visits back and forth. No one's committed. That's not a proposal. That's not a proposal. The proposal only comes after vision and details and the mission have been discussed. Then, when the guy is like, yeah, pretty much we're, uh, we got all these things lined up. Now you, okay, here's another thing. We never talked about this. The guy has to be the go-getter. Now, yes, it is possible in the Sharia that the woman proposes to the man. There's totally nothing wrong with that, right? But he's got to be the go-getter. He has to propose now. He has to have confidence. This is going to work. He can't be shaky. A lot of guys are shaky. Let me tell you something. You sort of like just kicked an ant. You just kicked, uh, I don't know what the expression is, right? You just poked a bear. Because you just got reminded me right now. This question just reminded me. There's a lot of guys who are shaky. They lack confidence. And they're, they're taking the girl along, right? And they're having discussions, and then they're talking about you, cute little videos, but there's never like a crisp, are we talking about marriage? All right, what are we going to discuss? What needs to be done? And once the guy feels confident, now he's got to go for it, okay? And if she's not confident, he's got to make her confident, right? Give her confidence. Well, what are you worried about? I'll fix it. We'll make a deal. Once you have, when you have one person who's going, it's much easier for the other person to feel that confidence and, and work. But when the guys are shaky, I'm telling you, brothers, if you're shaky, if you have confidence issues, the confidence issue can be resolved by following logic. Trust me. It can be re- resolved by following logic. Club. What? Yeah, better club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so follow logic in this. And only ask one question at a time, and you go in a series of yes and no's. Okay? 
Is the person physically attracted? Are you physically attracted to this person? Yes or no? Meaning, would you turn away from them if, if, if you see their face? Oh, I can't even look at them. If the answer is no, then move on. Don't even bother. Don't even waste your time. If the answer is yes, then move on to the next question. Okay. Outline your non-negotiables. She outlines her non-negotiables. Vision. Or, or is there anything that clashes? No. Move on to the next thing. So confidence is not something that you're just born with. No, confidence is something you can develop it by, by, by asking yourself, what am I doing here? One step at a time. Okay. Next question. What are the most important qualities to look for in a spouse? Dean and attractiveness. And character. That's what you're going to have. What are some key questions, subjects, people who are courting should work out before deciding to get married? So we covered most, most of these already. We said the vision and then the, um, the mission. A man says, I wouldn't marry a woman with an Instagram or TikTok account. Don't go too far. It's about what's on the account, okay? Don't go too far with this stuff, right? Because we are living in a world today that if you, you want to narrow things more than it's already narrow, how many, million, how many million Muslims are in America? Or England, let's say if they're England. But probably Mawadda people are from America. You think they're not going to have an Instagram account or a TikTok account? I have friends with a TikTok account. TikTok accounts, adults, males, guys. But what are they looking at, right? That's the question. And what are they posting? That's really what you should be asking, right? So a girl obsessed with her image and she keeps posting it. Fine. I agree with that, right? I agree with that. This is very annoying and it disgusts me that 10,000 guys are looking at her. Fine. I totally agree. 10,000? Who has 10,000 followers? These people? That's fine, right? But cut them out. Cut that out. That's part of your vision. That's a non-negotiable. No problem. But just don't say that they can't have an account. Right? That's too much. I just want to live simply and temperament is best for phlegmatic. Oh, I can't remember what these terms mean. Phlegmatic. Just, just bring me the actual, bring me those terms that people use. Oh, here's another one. Astrological signs. Don't go there. Right? Don't go to astrological signs. Like, oh, this person is a Taurus. I can only marry a Gemini, right? Don't go there. It's, there are too many exceptions to the rules. So he wants someone boring. Yeah, if you're unemotional and you're a calm person, then you should not marry a woman who wants excitement. You won't. You don't want to know. You, she's going to get upset, and you're not going to understand her. I want to be a student of knowledge overseas. Put that in your. It's that's not. You're not going to live if you're not. If you don't want. If you want to be a student overseas and come back, that's something to be discussed in the second meeting, not, not in the vision, in the mission. Okay, you don't bring that right away. You bring out the end result. What is the end result of what this uh, this new company that we're forming. What is the end result? The end result is that we're going to be living in a nice community. We're going to have this job. We're going to be practicing this dean, and we're having this faith, and we're going to raise kids in this manner, right? That's the end result. That's the vision. Once you agree on that vision, now you start talking about 
the the um, the details and say, okay, part of that is I need to study for two years abroad. We're going to live abroad for the first three years. Okay, and then you can discuss the years. Someone is asking a good question. What is the meaning of opposites attract? So, I believe that beliefs have to be the same. Temperament can be a little bit different, but not polar opposites. So you cannot have somebody that is totally stoic and somebody that is totally active. That, but you can have a little bit of an opposites in temperament, a little bit opposites in temperament. You can't have somebody who loves things to be like really clean, another person is really sloppy, right? So the two opposites, too much opposites in temperament are no good. Hey, Rai, if you could lift the image up a little bit, that would be good. All right, so the, the things that are temporary, they should not be brought forward in the vision statement. In your vision when discussion with, with a person, you really need to discuss what is the end result that we see here? What's the end goal that we see? Are public settings considered being alone? No, public setting is not khalwa, but you are opening yourself up to accusations. So for example, can I meet a girl at a coffee shop? You are not in khalwa at the coffee shop. It's not khalwa, but it's also not appropriate because you open the door for people to say things about you. There should always be some, some other person or family member. Sheikh Haroon mentioned something interesting on this yeah, too. Let's hear. About khalwa, khalwa being uh, any place where intimacy can take place. So like theoretically... Oh, oh so theoretically, if, if you're not within earshot at a coffee shop, that is. Like, so. Or if you go to a park, like... Yeah. Sometimes at Rutgers, these people are laying on the ground in yeah. parks or whatever. Weird stuff. Yep. So it could be khalwa still. Yeah. Read that to me, please. How much money should a man have before seeking a spouse? Uh, how much money should he have to have before you seek a spouse? You should ask the question of what kind of living arrangement... Is she accustomed to? And is she willing to, 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 to go for? At the very least, an apartment and food and car and clothes. Okay? At the very least. what It's what she agrees to, too. All right, so the public it can be considered alone if intimacy could take place, in speech even. Okay? Advice for those that are burnt out by the process. I've been to so many marriage events, but I haven't found anyone. Family are no longer looking for me. They're disappointed. Okay. First of all, I, I'm going to bring it in two aspects. First of all, if we keep failing at something, maybe we're doing something wrong. So I hope that you're not doing the same, coming with the same attitude all the time. Because maybe you're bringing details and bringing them way above where things that you should be flexible about that may be one of the things that you you need right because if you keep failing at something maybe i need to change something if i keep failing at something right and you're feeling burnt out well no the question is on uh, on any feeling of burnt out or despair this is simply the question of how bad do you want it that's the question. No one persists upon something except eventually they're going to succeed. 
How do you deal with when guys and, and the guy mother rejects a girl because she wears hijab? Move on. It's not a good family to be around. No offense to those people. It's causing delays in marriage for girls age 25 and above. Maybe you're not hanging around the right community. Right? There are communities where you're respected for that. Okay? Go to, to communities of knowledge. You need to find shiuch in their communities, people who have, who have a respect for knowledge and a respect for piety and devotion and faith. Can you discuss about financial stability of the guy and the girl? So the guy has to cover um, the basic expenses of life. And now I know that life is the inflation and things are getting pretty expensive. Okay. Um, and there may be, there are a lot of two-income households. But in theory, in, in, in general, the guy covers the basic expenses. And certain things that are not basic necessities of life, based upon how she used to live, are perhaps she could just buy that stuff herself, or, or it's just not a necessity. Or he could buy it as a gift if he can. But he's got to cover the basic fundamentals. That, that's really the most important point. The roof over our head, the food that's on the table, right? The clothes on our backs, and the schools maybe, right? That's, um, those are the fundamentals. If a guy covers that, then he's fulfilled his duty. And any generosity is only going to make your life better. It's going to make your married life better. When you're generous and you, you pay more. That's why it, it is important to pay attention in school. Because you need to make a buck. If schooling is something, not all schooling ends up earning you money. Usually medical education will end up earning you a dollar. IT education will end up earning you money, right? Maya 8 says, when people say marriage is half of Iman, why is marriage emphasized over all other concepts we have in Islam? Because marriage will, number one, it's the human being is created to love, a man is created to love a woman. And woman is love, created to love a man. The first creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Sayyidina Adam was it's husband and wife. That's the first relationship, right? That's the first relationship. Humans love it. Human beings love it. I'm worried about the next generation, right? They seem like they don't get this concept that man loves woman, woman loves man, right? But that is like the fitra for the last since the time of man, we wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case, right? We'd have been extinct. And it's not just physically loves them, loves their company, loves everything about them. Okay? But, so, I mean, that's the, uh, uh, what was the question again? Yeah, so, so now, it's half of Iman from, from the aspect of becoming thankful, having gratitude, seeing that Allah Ta'ala brought you this great good, because from this marriage will come so much rizq, which includes wealth, which includes children, which includes the removal of sadnesses happens by having a big family, right? Having a, even if you're sad about something, if you have a big family, like, you're going to be too busy to, to really dwell on it. Something's gonna, the water's always moving when you have a big family. Secondly, the opposite. You're going to be tested. Having a woman, uh, 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 having a man, having children is a test for you. Right, and your character is going to be tested in your marriage. When your character is tested, you come out with better qualities. Right. When you have these better qualities, then that's where it's half your iman. Now, for the first time, um, teaching a new kid how to pray, right? That couldn't happen without marriage. Um, having sabr with 
my husband, having sabr with wife, etc., etc. You would not have to have sabr if you go home and the whole house is yours, right? You don't have to have sabr. You don't have to have patience. You don't have to share. You don't have to help somebody, etc., etc., right? So, what are the apps, websites for people with our background? Practicing Muslim Tasawwuf, mawadda.org. That's what we're promoting here because I like the fact that they, um, it's not like a shop, a web surfing type of thing where you're just looking at pictures all the time. So Fatima, I'll just put that in there for you. mbic.org backslash mawadda. Akil, I see you've joined. Fill out the form. I'll, I'll, I'm going to fill that one out for you, Akil. Okay. Not sure if this was asked earlier as I joined late, but what is your opinion on a decent, reasonable mahar to ask in today's time? It's between 5 and 25, depending on the wealth of the families. It could be 5 up to 25. Now. And if you're millionaires, it could be a 50K, right? If millionaires are marrying millionaires, a 50K is not even a lot of money, right? But 5K, for example, 7 to 10, all of up to 15, up to 25 is all within what I would consider middle class from lower middle class to upper middle class, right? And then those who are who are who have more money than that, then you're going to go up to fifty k, right? I, I have a question on this. Yeah. What if somebody wants to? So is it is it fair to base the method off of salary? Then is this fair? It's fair. It's fair. You 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 and also like what is the background of the kid, too? If a, if a boy comes and he's coming from a modest family. And the girl's dad owns five restaurants and 10 gas stations. So he earns about 100K a month of, of, of after all expenses. So for 100K a month, $50,000 mahr, he doesn't even know what's the big deal, right? But for a guy who's annual, his dad annually earned 100K, annually. Asking 12K is, 15K is a lot. Right, so it depends on the the salary, the background of the of the, the boy's side. So, is there like a percentage guideline then? That no, it's like, like it would be a percentage type of thing. Yeah, it's like a percentage, but it's also like we ask around and we just hear like you just hear, oh, so and so is mahar of five k, ten k, fifteen k, and it, a mahar can be paid over time. So it can be five k now, and then one k paid, you know, for three years. That's eight k. That's a decent mahar. Right for a regular, like a, a good job, that's a decent mahar. I don't believe personally in the mu'akhar. Mu'akhar is the delayed mahar. So the, this is the mahar, 5K now, and if you divorce, 20K. That's not good. It's a bid'ah in the Madiki school. Right. Living with in-laws. Uh, me, personally, that would be a bit risky because it's not, unless you've lived with it before. So here's, here's the rule of thumb. You don't want to do something in marriage that you've never done before, right? Because you, you have no reference point on how to do it. So in marriage, you're going to, let's say your daughter, has she lived with an extended family in the house? If she has, and she's seen her brother's family live downstairs, her brother and sister-in-law live downstairs, the grandma lives upstairs, then the idea for her to live in the in-laws may not be for an idea. You see how it's all relative? So relative to your background. So if, the, if, if a girl grew up with that, she grew up with living with this. This is the same question, and this does not have to do with mawadda because they're not in this line of business, but in polygamy, 
in multiple marriages, when people ask, what is the ruling? And they want to corner you. You say, the ruling is permissibility. Would you let your daughter do it? No. Because I have no reference point for her, right? There's no reference point for her. Like, she's going to go become a second wife, right? Or she's the first and the guy takes us another wife. What reference point does she have to come to to ask for advice? So I'm not going to experiment with my own daughter, right? In the same, that's the idea. So the religious ruling is one thing. The practical applicability is a whole other thing. And the practical applicability is something that you need to have some kind of a basis. So if a girl grows up and she's her, her, her grandma's upstairs, her other grandpa's downstairs, and the, her brothers and his wife are downstairs in the basement, right? And there's people coming into the house all the time, then it might not be a deal breaker. But if you have another type of family where nobody comes in and lives you know, with the family, and it's just the nuclear family, and that's it, They've, they barely have guests, that's going to be too much for her to go live now with an in-law. And it's not going to be the healthy way to go about things because it's, it's a whole, it's, you have now the husband life is new, and now the in-law life, that's a whole other thing. So you're bringing too much on the table at one time. So that's my answer to that, is that it's really an issue of what people are used to. How long should the courting process be? I don't see that it's more than five, six, seven meetings as needed. We're not like non-believers that have to know absolutely everything and they even sleep with each other before even knowing marriage. Like, I, I ask myself, like, what's the point of getting married then, right? We're not like that, that you have to know everything in and out. You just you need to know these fundamentals. Which, why? Because we believe Allah's going to help us after that. In marriage, Allah placed it there. Why? You did things right. I don't see four, five, six meetings, seven meetings. You're going to know if I want to get engaged with this person or not, right? Certain things you will never know. You're never going to know what he looks like without a shirt on, and you will never know what she looks like without her hijab. You just have to, that's just a fact of life in our, the way that we live. You're never going to know what it's going to be like to spend all night with them, like hanging out. It's not something that's it's part of our, the, the way we live. So, but the engagement period can be three months to a year, even. It should not be more than a year, I don't think. And it shouldn't be, it's pointless to be less than a month or two, right? So let's say two, three months, up to 10, 9, 10, 12 months. That's where, as we said earlier, the onion peel of personality start coming out and you may find rot in which case you return it to the store right you return this person and you break the engagement and nothing happened like you weren't married it's not like you're married and divorced people think the engagement you're gonna really be happy about it the engagement once you see that a problem developed in the engagement as opposed to after marriage how much parental advice should be taken in terms of marriage? It depends, again. Are you marrying as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old out of college? Or are you 35 years old and you already have your own life going, right? And you're mature and you're developed, okay? So again, it depends on your age. Some people need more hand-holding than others. In your 20s, you might need some hand-holding. Towards the end of your 20s and in your 30s, you might be on your own. By 40... Halas, if, if some people get married at 40 as a second marriage or otherwise, right? Maybe it's the 
maybe it's the first time they're getting married, but they tend to be pretty much more mature and they don't need as much hand-holding. Now, what if the parents disagree, the question says, but the couple is good? How should one go about this? Disagree upon what? Disagree upon the actual essence of the marriage or some details in the marriage? If it's the essence of the marriage, I don't like to go there personally. I personally do not like to go there. You do not want the mother, any of either mom, or more, more either mom, uh, because their, their pain is more worth something with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She raised you, right? And you don't want that for the dad either. Especially the dad for the girl, right? You don't want this. If a dad disagrees with his son about a marriage, it's still bad, right? It's not so bad. Right, but it's still bad. So I would not want to go if the parents are totally against a marriage. That's why I said, have your heads, you know, put your head on right first, and bring in the stakeholders early in before you get attached to the person. Bring the parents early in to the picture before you get attached. How many times I can tell you, a guy and a girl are attached to each other, and then the parents come in. Now, by Sharia, a man does not need his mom's permission to marry. He does not need his dad's permission to marry. Right? By Sharia. We've complicated a little things a little bit more. But the way we live today, it's not like the old days where people are marrying, divorce, marriage is like a, 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 was not a humongous thing. Right? To the point that we'd have to have meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. No. But today it is like that. So I would not want to go there where your parents are not pleased with the marriage. They can disagree on, de- on the detail portion of things, not the essential vision element of things. All right, how much istikhara should you do? Istikhara is, should be done regularly, maybe with every sunnah. You make the double intention. My sunnah of maghrib is istikhara. My sunnah of fajr is istikhara. My sunnah of that is istikhara. However, you also have action. You have action, right? If the door of action is open, that is Allah's answer. The door of action. I want to marry someone, I keep praying and praying and praying. You think that the, the door of action is open. Go talk to them. Go talk to the mom. Go talk to the dad. Talk to the sister. Send your sister to talk to her sister. The door of action is open. If the door of action is open, then it's not the position isn't prayer, right? Prayer is not your, your, your avenue. Action is your avenue, right? So take action. All right, how do you ask forgiveness from the other person for mistakes you made during the marriage process that led to ending the marriage discussion? That's terrible. That's terrible. I think that you always have to have hope that things can change. As bleak as things may be, uh, a failed marriage attempt at one point, but if it's really still in your heart, then you keep going for it. If it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. And if it's halal and it's fine, keep going for it. Maybe you could wait a little bit and try again. Tell them, listen, I made mistakes, but I'm very sincere this, uh, about this. I want this to happen. She may be touched by that. What major questions to ask when getting to know someone? We mentioned those already. It's going to be Dean. A financial area that you're in. If you're in education, it's one thing. If you're in the oil business, it's going to be another thing. So Dean, finances, character and then looks, and then how you want to raise the kids. How you want to raise the kids and finances. This is humongous things, right? Dean, philosophy, politics maybe these days. What kind of politics? Uh, I'm a chef, but I'm uh, woke. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. 
How would we know if a girl I want to marry is on their deen? Again, no one sprouted from the ground. People are surrounded. Does she have friends? Does she have a social media account? People reflect their, their likes and dislikes on those accounts. Their beliefs, they reflect them on those accounts. She's got to have friends. She have a family, right? You ask around. References, like a job. What did Dino say here? Do you know? He's mad at you, but he got fatawa from Abu Layth. Kafir on the spot. <laughs> Marriage, beheading. All right, uh, just kidding there. What are non-negotiables besides Dean? Financial way of living can be a non-negotiable, depending on your background. It's always easy to go up, but it's not easy to go down. Okay, so that may be. Uh, culture may be, like an immigrant for example, that may be off, like the cultures won't match. Um, looks, height and weight, these can be non-negotiables. There's nothing wrong about these being non-negotiables. Okay. Uh, how do we raise the kids? I want to put my kids in um, a certain type of school. You know, there's a school out there that believes in fairies. They teach about it. It's very, like all the Hollywood guys are in this. They have one here. Have you ever heard? You've never heard of this? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, you haven't heard it. There is a school. I can't remember what they call this type of school, but they actually believe in fairies, right? And like Will Smith sends his kids there, and they're now spreading. They have, I think they have one here in New Jersey now too, right? Muntasawudi, yeah, right? So, yeah, what do they mean? Are they trying to say angels? But anyway, like... Like, how do you want to raise your kids? Where do you want to send them to school? So these are all parts of the non-negotiables, my opinion, because they're, you don't want to go, those fights are terrible. How do we assess and judge character, integrity, loyalty, and faith of a person? That's, that you, you do all that by asking around, but also the engagement period, right? The engagement period is really important because you get to peel, right, parts of the onion off. What if your family doesn't chaperone during the courtship process? They would be in the know that I am seeing someone, but they only want me to bring him when he is ready to propose. You can get somebody else. Um, for example, maybe one of your friends has a brother, so that's two people there, right? Or maybe an elder, maybe an older sister and her husband can be involved in the picture, right? So you, you start now reaching to the next layer to the community. How do you have a conversation about sexual expectations during the courtship process without crossing the line? Well, the, the sharia, the, the imams can do that for you. Okay? And educating the community that sexual expectation is a very important part of marriage. There's no such thing as a marriage that where you go in with the intent not to have any sexual relations. That would be absurd and ridiculous. There have to be there has to be a, a sexual component as part of marriage. Okay, what are the expectations? A after the fact that the, the, the bare-bone basics that sexual intercourse is part of life and it should be done regularly and it should no one should be closing the door. Now, if you have anything beyond that, that's not appropriate to talk about, right? Like, I want you to do this exactly or that exactly, that's not appropriate. And, and that's something that you may have to earn that in the marriage. Right? If that's something that's on your mind and you want her to do something like that, you may have to earn that. But that's not something that you're going to have a discussion about. All right, I think we reached the end of the questions. This one, uh, I think it's Which one? Read that to me, please. Yeah, 
Can you get a friend to be a, a chaperone? chaperone? It depends. But if it's, for example, um, someone older and mature and respected, then yes. But if it's just another guy or not just another girl, then no. Then it's like more of a hangout session, especially if the couples are young. If the couples are in their 40s, which could possibly happen, then maybe yes. You could say because they're a little bit more mature and there's some more maturity there, then yes, maybe. Can you ask about someone's past? You cannot ask about their past sins. You can't ask about anything that... Uh, you can't ask, you, you can ask about anything that would affect you. For example, do you have any STDs? Do you have any diseases? Or is your credit score... Your wali should ask that. The wali of a girl should ask these questions. Your credit rating. Your, your, your health report. We can't marry my daughter to you. Then I realize afterwards you come and tell me, your back is so bad you can never work. Right? I should have known that in the beginning because your maintenance is part of the deal here. Right? You're working as part of the deal. Or that you're, um, for example, maybe he doesn't have uh, sexual attraction to women. Like that. I mean, you can't really ask that question. But that's something that a man should never go into that. And there are guys who don't, who, they suffer a problem. They don't have sexual attraction to women. But yet their parents expect them to marry. That's a problem. Right? So the mom keeps pushing him to marry. He's not attracted to women. You think I'm joking, but I get these calls, you know, maybe once a year. You cannot experiment with a woman. Say, okay, marry, and then you'll, you'll say, no, that's, that will be complete rish, and that's a type of fraud. So, that's not acceptable. You can ask about things that will have a direct impact. Your credit rating does have an impact. Your debt, how much debt do you have? Your wali can ask that question. It does have a direct impact on the finances of the family. Diseases. Uh, a record, right? That's a fair question from a wedding. Do you have a record, right? Like, for example, is your, is your license going to be suspended on the next ticket? That's going to be a major inconvenience to the family, right? Now, maybe the debt's not a non-negotiable, but it might tell us what kind of person you are too, okay? How many tickets does it take to get a suspended, license suspended? You, <laughs> Ryan wouldn't know, so he's... Okay. Good candidate for marriage. He's good. License is not suspended. Good. I think we covered everything, right? Let's see. Let's give it one more second, and then we move to our du'a for Wednesday. What are crucial questions to ask a man while vetting for marriage? His friends. Ask around his friends. Ask his, uh, have your wali should ask about his finances and his credit. So we don't want a, uh, some floozy type of guy. Um, you want to make sure that you know what his friends look like. Um, what is his relationship with his, his mom? Because that's the first woman in his life, right? So if he respects her and he honors her, he has some taqwa. He'll do the same thing with you. He should, at least. And sometimes the mothers are smothering for the boys. This is a big problem. The moms smother the boys. And they, they get too involved. That kind of mother-in-law, you should ask, ask around. right? There, you, you are choosing... The mother-in-law is very important. Um, it's very important, the mother-in-law. Right? 
So some mother-in-laws have a reputation. Some women have a reputation. They're like, they're, they control their, the son's life, top to bottom. This is a, um, something you should know about, right? Cold feet before the final yes for marriage. How do we handle that nervousness? You ask a lot to calm your heart. If this is something good for me, calm my heart. I've done everything that I believe is right. Okay, now I ask you to calm my heart. Phase of data by, okay, this is the last question we'll take because it relates now. It's, we're going to segue now into the next portion of our program. The Moedda element of this program has now come to an end. Thank you very much for Hassan uh, and Hannah Usmani, um, who are the managers and founders of Moedda. Again, this is the organization that we're promoting for for people to sign up with their applications all right it's just an application that you fill not an application it's a form you fill online it will though you put all your details everything that you're going for they will then see what other applications they have if they find someone then they'll take permission take your permission to send you your your contact information to this person right and vice versa and if you both agree then they send you a mutual email and then you take it from here. The whole point of this talk was to show you, to give you some ideas of things you could do, ways in which you can take it from here. Well, I take it from here. How do I take it from here? That's what this whole talk was about. Okay. All right. If you uh, want to support this live stream, give us some, some love at patreon.com backslash Safina Society. That's how you can support this live stream. Furthermore, we have classes. Today is Sheikh Osama's day on ArcView. Join ArcView. SubhanAllah, the people are benefiting so much, okay, uh, from, from these classes. Today, Sheikh Osama will teach Shafi Fiqh, and he will teach um, Jawharat At-Tawheed. Let's see that beautiful Shafi picture there. Metin Abi Shuja on arcview.org. Go there. Don't miss it. And then Aqidat. Uh, uh, for Jawharat al-Tawheed. This is one of the best classes you're going to take in Aqidah. Jawharat al-Tawheed is one of the, um, and of course he's using Tuhfat al-Murid. The Sharh uh, on that is Tuhfat al-Murid. So you will get a lot of benefit from that. So um, join arcview.org, sign up and start benefiting. And now we turn to our dhikr and our wird that we recite, which is the Hizb al-Nasr lil-Imam al-Haddad followed by the dua. Why do we do this on Wednesday? Because Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah narrated that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam during the battle of al-Khandaq in which the Muslims were khalas. They were really struggling. He made an intense dua on Monday and he did not get an answer. He made an intense dua on Tuesday. He did not get an answer. So for all those people who are not getting answers to their prayers, even the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah, to, to teach us, made him be persistent. On the third day, he made an intense dua, and the sign of ijabah came to him. That doesn't mean the answer came right away, but the, the sign that he will get an answer, that came to him. And so Jabir ibn Abdullah used to say that that was between Dhuhr and Asr on a Wednesday, so I considered that now a time of dua. And he used to always make du'a on that time. And he would see the answer to their du'a, to his du'a. And now that location where the Prophet did that is called Masjid al-Fatih. 
And on this Umrah trip, we're going to do that. We're going to go there. And I made sure that we're there on Wednesday too. We're there on Wednesday. And we're gonna, that's the last uh, thing we're going to do in Medina. It's going to be on the fourth day. We're going to go to Masjid al-Fatih on Wednesday and make dua between Dhuhr and Asr. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahimi, inna fatahna laka fatham mubina, liyaghfira laka Allahu ma taqaddama min dhambika, wa ma ta'akhar, wa yutimna amatahu alayka, wa yahdiyaka siratam mustaqima, wa yansuraka Allahu nasran aziza, wa kana inda Allahi wajiha, wajihan fi dunya wal akhirati, wa minal muqarrabin, وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفاتهم قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض ماذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس ويحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني أجعلك في نحور أعدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوة من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا حفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وعز سلطانك تحسنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله حسنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم احرسني بعينك التي لا تنام وكنفني بكنفك الذي لا يرام وارحمنا وارحمني بقدرتك علي فلا أهلك وأنت ثقتي ورجائي يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا غياث المستغيثين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين يا درك الهالكين اكفني شر كل طارق يطرق بليل أو نهار إلا طارق يطرق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد واكفني من الحد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيس العديد واجعل لي نور من نورك وعز من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك 
وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين